You are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. That's Lupin. I'm Bree. I'm Sick Wade. And we're going to talk about some gnarly shit. My story better than her story. You want to tell the class what's wrong? I have food poisoning or the flu, and I really don't want to be recording right now because I feel like shit, and here's Bree. Why do you have to do that? Why do I have to do what? Be a downer. I'm not being a downer. You told him to tell the class what the fucking story is, and that's what the fucking story is. I don't want to be here right now. I'm talking into this microphone and filling your head with words, and I don't want to fucking do it. But I am, because my wife is making me. Not what I said. (laughs) But okay. My head is just blown up like a balloon right now, and like two more breaths, it's going to pop, and me speaking words does not help with that whole balloon popping scenario that I just spoke of. All right. Does that make sense? Shut the fuck up then. Okay, then I won't record. <laughs> and get closer to the mic because I can't hear you. You just hit the microphone. I hit the shield. Ba-cha! I hit the shield of the microphone. Just talk about your story because now we're already a minute in. A whole minute? Yes. Oh, man. Technically 78, 79, 80 seconds. <laughs> and I want to preface it by saying you're probably hearing meh, meh. In the background, that's the piggy. There she is. That's Lupin. She came with us, and we're in a studio this time, so can't really put her anywhere else. And I had a good day, even though she you were sick. She had a great day. That's amazing. I'm so happy. Oh my God, be nice. <laughs> that was me being an asshole. We drove four and a half hours, but then I helped train some of the noobs because my partner was sick. And they were all really nice and seemed like they're going to be good fits, so it was fun. Yay for the newbies. Well, today we are going to do cannabis motherfucking crimes. Yay. I have the perfect cocktail for today. And I don't because I'm not drinking. Yeah, you're pretty dehydrated. That probably wouldn't be the best thing. Mm -mm. But mine is pineapple rum with cannabis-infused strawberry lemonade. So I'm going to get cross-faded as fuck. Ready to talk about some pot? I am. I'm going to go first, though. Can I do my background first? Oh, yeah, you have background stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marijuana, grass, pot, weed, devil's lettuce, tree, ganja, whatever you want to call it. Herb. Herb. We all love it, don't we? I do. Cannabis baby. Marijuana is a psychoactive drug deriving from the cannabis plant. It's used all around the world for recreation, medicinal, and even religious purposes. THC, or tetrahydocannabinol, is the active compound in pot. So in layman terms, this is the shit that gets you high. The main producers of weed are Afghanistan, Canada, China, Lebanon, Mexico, duh, Morocco, Netherlands, Pakistan, Paraguay, Spain, Thailand, Turkey, and the good old U.S. of A. In most of the above-mentioned countries, though, the drug is still highly illegal. Get it? Highly illegal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> weed has mental as well as physical effects. 
which can differ slightly depending on how you ingest it. Marijuana gives most users an overall sense of well-being and relaxation, as well as increased appetite. From personal experience, I can attest that this is also a fantastic pain management tool. Short-term side effects can include dry mouth, red eyes, reduced short-term memory, and paranoia. Um, in a study conducted in 2013... Results found that upwards of 232 million people around the world regularly get high. That's a lot. That is a lot of people. Oh, yeah. How the fuck do they do a study? Uh, I don't even know. And that's just people answering yes to the question. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that was like, I don't smoke the ganja. And they totally do. Um... Which is what I said next in my notes, which I'm sure that number is a lot higher. Also, this was conducted in 2013, and a lot of places have legalized recreational and medicinal use in between 2019-2013. I bet that number is even higher. Uh Mm -hmm. Countries with the highest reported use of marijuana include Zambia, which I thought was interesting, Canada, Nigeria, and the U.S. What the fuck is Zambia? I think it's an African country. Why did you, then why would you say that? Why do you make me look stupid? I can't research every single detail that I put in my notes. Somebody tell us where Zambia is. There's no way to know. In 2016, 51% of Americans had reported using the drug at some point in their lifetime. USA. USA. 51%. Cannabis history goes way back. The plant has been cultivated and grown since at least the 3rd millennium B.C., and evidence suggests that it was being smoked as far back as 2,500 years ago for its psychoactive effects in the Pamir Mountains. Marijuana existed as an unscheduled and unregulated drug up until the 20th century. Uh, The possession, cultivation, and use of marijuana is still widely illegal in most parts of the world. In 2013, Uruguay became the first country to legalize the drug for recreational purposes in the world, which I did not know. Did you know that? Wait, what? Uruguay was the first place in the entire world to legalize pot for recreational use, specifically. No, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Progressive. However, medical use has been legalized in a large percentage of countries after that. Um, and before that, because that was just for recreational purposes. Wow, this drink is already getting to me. Sorry, guys. There is evidence that shows cannabis can help reduce nausea and vomiting. Fuck yeah, it can. In chemotherapy patients, improve appetite in HIV and AIDS patients, and help to treat chronic pain or muscle spasms otherwise treated with highly addictive narcotic medication. So I think it can be used for a wide variety of things and i think it is a way 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 lesser evil even if you want to call it an evil than something like oxycontin don't you yeah i agree <laughs> you poor thing he's looking at me like he just wants to die i will breeze through this all right um uh, reduce nausea, blah, 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 blah. As stated earlier, the drug is also used in some religious and spiritual rites and ceremonies. It holds a sacred status in several religious, um, like, organizations and serves as a ethogen. I didn't know what the fuck ethogen was. I looked that one up. Thank you very much. Why didn't you look up Zambia or whatever the fuck it's called? I don't know. I just did Zimbabwe. Didn't. Zimbabwe. I wonder where that one is. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder where that one is. You're ridiculous. 
So, ethogen is a chemical that aids in religious, shamanic, or spiritual contexts. There's a specific word for that. It was used in this way on the Indian subcontinent as far back as 2000 BC. That's a lot of that, the fucking numbers before Christ. That's what that means, right? BC? Yeah. What if you don't believe in Christ? I don't know. Before Christianity? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. There are also several references in Greek mythology to the drug that was described as a... What? Mm-hmm. Oh! You write these notes and you can't read them. Because <laughs> I was in the truck and it was really bumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, reference... The truck that I was driving home. Yep. So there's several references in Greek mythology... So they're talking about pot, and they described it as eliminating, eliminating anguish and sorrow. So they were basically like, this is the best fucking thing ever. Okay. Why are we so awkward? Loosen up a little bit. Uh, sure. Let me just do a couple jumpy jacks and release some of this he stress. He gets really, really mad when he's sick. Uh, you keep telling me, why do I keep breathing so heavily? Why do I keep fucking sighing so much? <laughs> this man was walking around the house going... <sighs> it fucking hurts. To- <sighs> okay, the only thing that I don't get from your whole background is, where's Nixon? Because Nixon's whole war on drugs is the whole reason why marijuana is classified as a class 3 drug. You haven't listened to my motherfucking story yet. So you're going to talk about Nixon and your motherfucking story? I'm going to talk about the war on drugs and somebody more directly related to it than Nixon. What, what? Well, you're going to have to do your fucking story first then. Well, I guess I will. I literally... I got way more background on drugs than you do. I literally am almost like cross-eyed right now. This is... This drink's amazing. I don't know how you're cross-eyed when you're wide-eyed right now. Am I? You're fucking looking (laughs) at me like a crackhead fucking sees a crack pipe. I'm not Jackie. Oh, that was a low blow. Not really. I threw Blaine out of the bus. Uh, okay. Proceed. I will proceed. In Mon- I didn't say Jackie who. Damn, Jackie, I can't control the weather. <laughs> I thought hurricane season was over. <laughs> In modern cultures, the spiritual use has been utilized by members of the Rastafarian movement, baby, who use the drug as a sacrament and aid for meditation, which... I, I didn't know that. Rastafarian was modern culture. I thought they've been around and they've been a culture for a very long time. They have been a culture for a very long time, but they're still practicing and that's what they're known for now. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I did say that kind of weird, though. I agree with you. Okay, so I guess I got to say my motherfucking story first. Are you ready to get learnt? To get learnt? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like turnt, but I'm going to like fill your head full of knowledge about marijuana. By all means, proceed. My story today, or my case, I should say, is on Victor Lacata. Oh. I really like his last name, Lacata. The axe murderer who helped make weed illegal. So we all hate him for multiple reasons. On October afternoon in 1933, Tampa police responded to a call for a welfare check on residents occupied by the Lacata family. Neighbors in their tight-knit immigrant community had made the call, concerned they had not seen movement in the house for a full day, which was very strange for that family, considering they had several school-aged children, as well as Victor, who owned multiple bustling barbershops in the area, so he was always, like, in and out. 
The stillness surrounding their home worried the neighbors making the call. So they just wanted a welfare ki- welfare check. Upon- In nineteen thirty three, they did welfare checks. I think as long as cops have been around, they've done welfare checks. In nineteen thirty three, I can only imagine like four people being on the squad. Anyway, sorry, that was just a random thought. Yeah, well, they did. Oh, okay, welfare <laughs> check, nineteen thirty three. Got it. It happens apparently. Lakota's house. Got Licata. it. Lakota. I guess in Florida they do it. I don't know if they did it everywhere else, but apparently in Florida. Mm. Upon arrival to the residence, the officers found absolute and utter carnage in the home. Twenty-year-old Victor Lakata had murdered his family via blunt force trauma with an axe the night before. Victor's parents, brother, and sister were all found deceased in the home. Another brother was found clinging to life and eventually succumbed to his injuries. So that's two brothers, a sister, and both parents. Victor was discovered in the home, curled up on the floor of the bathroom, wearing a pressed and clean shirt and slacks, but his body underneath was completely covered in his family's blood. How fucking unsettling and creepy is that? Victor was also murmuring to himself, (laughs) saying his family was trying to dismember him and, quote, replace his arms with wooden ones. And I just put parenthesis question mark. Look at me, I've never been that high in my life. I wish I've been that high. Um, divorce, please. That was a joke. Okay, because I don't want you to get all stony baloney and hack me up with an axe. It wasn't the pot. That's the whole point of this. (laughs) But I'll continue. Um, So, you know, wooden arms, dismemberment, yeah. According to the book on the case titled Reefer Madness, hell yes, by Gary Sloman, Lakata was evaluated by psychiatric professionals shortly after the murders and was determined to be suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, The doctors concluded that his mental illness was more more than likely hereditary, Two of Lakata's cousins and a great uncle had all been committed to mental health asylums. One of his, I don't know if I'm supposed to say asylums anymore, mental health institutions. One of his brothers had already been diagnosed with schizophrenia as well, but had not been detained. And another little fun tidbit Lakata's parents were first cousins. Incest. Florida. That's not, is that, yeah. It's incest. For a hot minute, I was thinking incest was just like father to daughter or whatever, but nope. It's just in the family. Family member to family member. Gross. Well, yeah, family member to family member. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. I'm just stupid. Um, The police had been trying to have Lakata committed to a mental health facility for over a year at this point, but had stopped after his parents stepped in and said that they would care for him and, like, move him back into the home and said they would handle shit, so they stopped trying to commit him. Because first cousins who fuck each other are just as good as mental health professionals, right? Duh. Duh. They're both the same. (laughs) Exactly the same. No difference in training. What is training? I don't know. I do a fucking shit ton of it every time I get a new job. Does it do any help? Does it help? No. (laughs) Uh, This case would have gone largely unnoticed and slipped into grisly small town lore if it had not been for one detail. The local newspaper reporting Lakata was addicted to many marijuana cigarettes, smoking more than six months leading up to the murders. 
So they were kind of like on their pedestal, like this motherfucker smoked marijuana cigarettes. He got high. He slaughtered everybody because he was too high. Um, so they were just citing that marijuana was a catalyst for the crimes. So it, that was basically the reason that sent him over the edge. Fast forward four years. You just burped in my face. Thank you. Fast forward four years. Harry Anslinger heard about the case and immediately knew it was the break he had been waiting for. Who do you think Anslinger was? Anslinger? Yeah. Somebody that had to do something with Nixon. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Play along. Be fun. You're so grouchy when you're sick. If there's no podcast next week, you guys know what happened. She killed me with an axe because you got super high. Yes. <laughs> um, Anslinger had recently been appointed head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, which was the precursor to the DEA. After making a name for himself during Prohibition times... Um, that's when he got this promotion to run this Federal Bureau of Narcotics. He was all on his shit. After Prohibition, however, bureaus like Anslinger's were threatened by, um, obstolet. Oh, God, I know this word. I know this word. Obstolence, sorry. I don't think anybody else is going to know that word. That fucking drink, dude. I'm like, Sure. I swear to God. Sure. There's two of you. Um, so basically, he was going to go bye-bye because alcohol was legal again. At the time, Anslinger's office was now focused on narcotic use of cocaine and heroin, but these drugs were only used by a small minority. Now, remember, this is like 1940, so there's not as much meth use or cocaine use or heroin use as there is now. It was, it was different. 1933. That's when his case happened, but it was a few years after that Anslinger found out about his case. So this is fast forward a few years. In order to secure a robust future for his bureau, Anslinger needed more. Anslinger knew marijuana was used more widely than other narcotics. So he consulted 30 physicians about the correlation between marijuana and violence. Think anybody said yes? Probably like one out of the 30,000 people. One fucking physician out of the 30, he questioned, said yes. One. So guess who he went with? The one that didn't say it. No. Oh. All but one doctor confirmed there was no viable connection between the two. So he said, fuck all the 29 other people that said that there was no correlation. And he went ahead and trumpeted his findings with that one doctor that said there was. Anslinger warned in a congressional hearing, he said, quote, Some people will fly into a delirious rage and they are temporarily irresponsible and may commit violent crimes. I don't know if all of you guys out there have ever gotten high, but the last thing you want to do after getting high off marijuana is go kill somebody. Getting off the couch is the last thing I want to do. Exactly. It makes no sense. Mm Mm-mm. His anti-marijuana push was also fueled by intense racism. And I'm only saying this so you guys kind of understand how much of a piece of shit Anslinger was. I don't even really want to say it. It's really bad. But he was quoted as saying, Reefer makes the darkies think they're as good as white men. He literally said that into a camera. There's literally posters that they made about gorillas smoking 
joints and them acting crazy and like carnage happening behind them as they sit around bloody gorillas smoking reefer cigarettes and those were blasted all throughout city streets everywhere it was like a massive fucking propaganda state against marijuana and fucking uh you know african-american people and mexicans all that they even did it to when they were in fucking war in germany and all that shit they made fucking propaganda against germany and how bad germany was and all this shit all this goes in tie and that's why marijuana was thrown into this whole whatever you want to call it fucking yup yeah. I'm just so happy I wasn't around during that time because I don't feel like whatever time I existed, I would have ever thought that was okay. Horrible. You're a product of your environment. <laughs> Not always. I don't know who listens to this podcast, but I'll tread lightly. But my mom was pretty fucking racist. Like, she was really fucking racist. And I remember being a little kid and being like, that's fucked up. That makes no sense. So I don't think it's always a product of your environment. I think some people are just good people who don't think that that's right yeah um another shining example of anslinger's blatant racism is this quote there are a hundred thousand total marijuana smokers in the u.s and most are negroes hispanics filipinos and entertainers which i love that jazz musicians were thrown in this marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with the negroes and entertainers like god forbid you fuck a black dude Nothing worse that could happen, right? That was well, obviously intense sarcasm. I well, was joking. <laughs> I mean, they smoked marijuana, so that is the least bad thing that they could do. Because evidently you could kill people on marijuana too, and they didn't kill anybody. Evidently. So, evidently. good for those white women. Yeah. Yeah, you, you didn't f- kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, you got dick from a black dude, but... Either or. Sure. Why am I so awkward? I mean, you're the one that threw black cock out there. Well, just because the quote was talking about black dudes. That's the only reason. And entertainers. Yeah. That's where your brain went. That's, I got nothing against that. My brain went to a big black cock, apparently. Apparently, it's not what I got, so. I'm going to move on. (laughs) Evidently, I'm not doing too good. I mean, I like big white cock, too. Again, not in my wheelhouse. (laughs) (laughs) TMI, he's got a big dick. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're not mad. Um, Now that I've thoroughly embarrassed myself, at hearings in 1937 on a bill to illegalize marijuana, Anslinger was asked to provide horror stories proving that pot and violence had some kind of connection. Lakata's case was Anslinger's shining example. During Anslinger's anti-marijuana campaign, he referenced this case stating, you smoke a joint and you're likely to kill your brother. (laughs) Yeah. And also fuck Negroes and entertainers. I was going to say, that's like the most tame thing he said. Like, I read that and just laughed. Everything else I read and I cringed. And I was like, oh, that's... Oh, man. Um... In Anslinger's most widely circulated article named Marijuana, (laughs) Assassin of Youth, Licata is transformed from a troubled, mentally ill young man, which is, in reality, what he really was, to a sane and rather quiet young man 
um, whose reefer toking had turned into, or had turned him into an axe-wielding murderer. Not his schizophrenia. So they glazed over all that shit. They glazed over all the problems he had been having and said he was a sweet young boy and he smoked a marijuana joint and he went and killed his family. Yes, sir. I got a question. My hand's up. Okay. Isn't schizophrenia spelled with a PH? I have absolutely no idea, but I did spell it with a PH. No. Yeah, PH. Schizo. Why would why would that be PH? Skits? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at the <laughs> I don't know why I pointed out the S. Um, excuse me, your spelling's wrong. Oh, no, I'm just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Ca- uh, ouch. <laughs> Cooch. Couch. Couch. <laughs> it's couch. Squirrel. Okay. Not his schizophrenia, apparently. <laughs> schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. There's Pizza- an S still. Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. Oh, God. Anslinger Anslinger succeeded in turning pot smoking into a national issue. By 1938, the film Reefer Madness... Why are you distracting me? He's holding a mirror up so I can see my fucking ugly-ass self in it. I'm dreading my hair, and the process in the beginning is not pretty. You are really drunk right now. I am... You're all over the place. What? I just saw it in the... I am. Squirrel! <laughs> Squirrel! Really every time I see myself in a mirror, I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. What? <laughs> um. Okay, in 1938, the film Reefer Madness was widely circulating and warning of the frightful toll of a new drug menace, which is destroying the youth of America. The real public enemy number one. Yeah. Yeah! The Marijuana Tax Act was also enacted during this time in 1937. Legislation that Anslinger drafted himself. So that's why I was saying closer than Nixon. The motherfucking drew it up. Yeah. Motherfucking drew it up. Motherfucker. Motherfucker drew it up. There we there go. There it is. He effectively uh, made the sale and possession of marijuana illegal throughout the entire country with that one bill. Jump to 1950 and Lakata had hung himself with a bedsheet while in psychiatric care. Meanwhile, Anslinger's Bureau flourished. In the coming years, hundreds of thousands of men and women, disproportionately people of color, would spend most of their lives behind bars for something as mundane as possession of marijuana. And that's my case. And you know back in the Dizzy, that possession of marijuana wasn't like, you had pounds on you. It was like, hey, I got 25 cents, let me get a joint. And then you turn around the corner, and boom, there's a cop, now you're going to prison for the rest of your fucking life. Right. Yeah. Fuck Nixon, fuck Applegate, fuck Waterloo, (laughs) fuck all that fucking shit, legalize it 100%, it doesn't matter, it's a plant, it grows. It's natural. Yeah. Not out in the fucking hills with gasoline and fucking heat lamps, crushing down some cocoa leaves, making some cocaine. No, we're just growing a fucking (laughs) plant, taking it out of the fucking soil. Hanging it up to dry so they don't get fucking pneumonia. Sticking it in our pipe and fucking it. smoking it. And you know what? Yeah, I lived with two girls. And I smoked reefer cigarettes. <laughs> and we all lived. <laughs> and honestly, one of them I married. So I think we're good. Okay? <laughs> so fuck your shit. Get out of here. Now let me read mine. Because mine is really prevalent. Wait, one comment. I don't, I don't have time <laughs> for comments. Oh my god. I was literally five minutes ago cold and shivering now i'm literally sweating 
Do you know how fucking irritating that is? And our neighbors probably hate us. I don't know if we have neighbors right now, but I stink too. Ah, (laughs) fuck. And now I'm really hungry. (laughs) Like, I'm really hungry now. This bitch is crazy. I'm going nuts. He Uh, gets sick and he's like, (gasps) no. Because she doesn't love me. I can never love him enough when he's sick. Read about your fucking murder mountain shit. Nobody can. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I can't even read the name of my fucking article. Even though it's not my name because I stole it from Netflix and whoever else wrote this story. <coughs> Anyways. Um, from what Bree said, my story is called Murder Mountain. And it's actually a six episode series on uh, Netflix. And it's all about Murder Mountain in Humboldt County. And my case... What's Murder Mountain? What's Murder Mountain? It's a... It's actually not Murder Mountain. It's part of this rancho, Sequoia, ranch place out in... What the fuck is Rancho Sequoia? It's the area where these fucking people grow a bunch of marijuana. Can you let me read my fucking case so I can read all this stuff? No. God damn it. My case is about Garrett Rodriguez, and he actually is, he's a young surfer boy and fishing enthusiast who left San Diego after his parents begged him not to, and he pretty much decided that he was going to take a two-year break and move to Humboldt County, and this was in December of 2012, to work on a marijuana farm. Woohoo! He began growing marijuana on a ranch in an area known as Rancho Sequoia. There you go. That's where the fuck Rancho Sequoia is. It's a part of an area in Humboldt County. That's not very specific. You didn't look that up and you did your story on it? Oh, let me give you a fucking parcel number and a fucking... Let me give you a fucking geographic location of Zambia. Like, what the fuck? It's... I'm not even going to respond to that. Anyways, this was the first popular location for marijuana farming in the 70s in Humboldt County. However, he wasn't there for long before friends and family realized that they hadn't seen nor heard from Garrett since sometime between Christmas 2012 and New Year's 2013. Done. 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 Yeah, and uh, Garrett's father officially reported him missing in April of 2013. Oh, yeah. They waited that long? Well, he did. He was he was straight up with his parents, though. He told them that he was leaving home to go and grow marijuana in Humboldt, that he had a business adventure that seemed like it was going to pay out, and he was only going to do it for two years so he could make fucking, you know, a couple thousand, like $20,000 is really what did was being said. Did he say he was going to have spotty contact with them? No, he didn't. And that's kind of where everything was. The parents, I'm pretty sure we're divorced so his dad and mom you know were going around the wheel with friends and family and trying to figure it out and i don't know why it took him that long but at the same time he wasn't really he's an adult right? yeah exactly so they really needed to have sufficient evidence that he was gone and not just being pissed off teenager Oh, man. Yeah. I hope somebody reports me if I go missing. That's so, time. Garrett wasn't the first person to go missing from Rancho Sequoia. However, the area earned the nickname Murder Mountain after the 1982 murder of Clark Stevens. 
who had reportedly been murdered by the San Francisco witch killers. A serial serial killer duo composed of married couple Susan and Michael Bear Carson. Rancho Sequoia was also allegedly the last place where Robert Tennyson was was spotted before he went missing in January of 2009 after he went to the area to get paid for a construction job. Like, quote, construction job? Like, air quotes? No, a construction job of setting up a marijuana grow. Oh, are you going to explain why he died? No, I didn't really get into that. But I did, when I saw a construction job and he was going to a remote area, I was going to like, what really happened? And all that I got was articles that were saying that it was part of a marijuana grow that he got killed for. But I mean, he's just setting up something. It's not like he's, maybe he tried to steal something? Maybe, I don't, I don't know. know. That seems weird. Okay. It was really weird. So, Garrett's family actually had hired a private investigator named Chris Cook who quickly learned neighbors suspected the young man was dead. Cook reported her findings to the local sheriff, but found that law enforcement did not seem interested in the case. Okay. So, when you actually get into this case, and like if you watch the documentaries on Netflix, for the most part, they're pretty accurate. There's some things that aren't, that I feel should have been talked about more, like the police involvement. Mm. But, nevertheless, not where I could speak on, because I'm not going to, I'm just not going to, is really what I'm... Why? Yeah. Because there's a lot of he said, she said. Granted, okay, I'll tell you this, right? Oh, when I get to the point, I'll tell you. I know nothing about it, and I think the cops are involved. Proceed. The cops aren't involved. They're just stupid. Turning a blind eye to it? It's the whole area, okay, so the whole area of Rancho, Sequoia, and Murder Mountain is a lawless town. Like, everybody knows it's a bunch of fucking people up there growing pot. Little Washington. Yeah, but it was more or less like when it, when the area, when the community came about, it was just a bunch of hippies growing pot up there. You know, they just wanted to get away up in Humboldt County, right by the coast, like, really amazing place in the Pines. They just wanted to have their compounds and fucking grow their pot and be left the fuck alone. And then, you know, when you get into the nitty-gritty of it, it is a drug, and there is still going to be bad people that are trying to capitalize on an easy income. Making a motherfucking profit. Exactly. So, with that being said, they bring a dark past. Not like these free-loving, easy-going hippies that just came up there to buy land and grow pot and live off the land. That's where the whole nickname of Murder Mountain came about, because these other people that weren't easygoing, lovey, free-loving hippies came. Ruined it for the rest of them. Exactly. So when uh, Chris Cook reported her findings to the local sheriff and that they didn't seem very interested, it threw a lot of red flags because the cops are actually saying that there is no reports of Garrett actually landing in Humboldt. And, and they made a report stating that Garrett never made it to Humboldt. Three days later, Garrett's truck was found. In Humboldt. In Humboldt. Oh, shit. Down the road from where he was reportedly living and growing marijuana. 
they're able to track the what year was this? Two thousand twelve. They were yeah. able to track that shit. Well, it's a nineteen ninety eight Dodge Ram four wheel drive pickup, There's which CCTV he drove, everywhere. which he drove from Ocean Beach, San Diego, to Humboldt County. It was found in late May, about a month. Hold on, sorry, this fucking computer is a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, about a month after Garrett was officially declared a missing person. The truck was discovered in a remote area nearly 20 miles from where he worked. And though the discovery was strange, there was no signs of foul play. Just a truck left. Just a truck left. But I kind of didn't, I didn't really go into a lot of crazy detailed notes. But there was one neighbor in the community that heard that Garrett was missing. And she reported to the sheriffs that she seen Garrett's truck driven by somebody that was not Garrett. And was the truck found locked, unlocked, with keys? Do you know any of that? It was just found. But you don't know if somebody had locked it and walked away with the keys? Or Key, if it was no, left it was open? Unlocked. It was unlocked. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. So, uh, growing frustrated with the stagnant case a team of eight men in a nearby town of alder point so give you a layout when you drive up to uh rancho sequoia you drive through a town called alder point so this case is a little weird because we're talking about garrett rodriguez but realistically there's two cases going on here the alder eight which is eight men that come from Alder Point, did their own investigation, and deemed who the murderer was. And they went after that person. And then you have the case of Garrett. So with the Alder 8 comes Garrett, if that kind of makes fit, it makes sense. No. Huh? What do you mean with So them? you're going to have Garrett Rodriguez's case, and you're going to have the Alder 8's case. Just so those the vicinity two case, of Murder Mountain to where they were when they disappeared? What? Like they're related? Eight to- men didn't disappear. Eight men killed the person that killed Garrett's murderer. Oh, my bad. Gotcha! Jesus. <laughs> so, with that being said, I don't even fucking know where I'm going with it anymore. The Alder 8 confronted the man they believed to be the suspect and then forced him at gunpoint to take them to Garrett's body. An anonymous call was made to the sheriff, who later confirmed in December 2013 that the body was Garrett's. Shot to death and buried in a shallow grave off of Jewett Ranch Road in the Harris area of Humboldt County. Which, when we're talking about all these areas, they're all within 20 miles of each other. Like, it's a 20-mile radius around all these places. This is where Garrett's body was found, Garrett's truck was found, Alder Point is Harris County, and the Rancho Sequoia place. So, it was all close-knit. It was, it, it's, it's actually a really good documentary, and the only thing that I hated about it was the fact that they don't talk about the police involvement very often. There's like maybe three scenes where you see a police car, and the first scene is when the police are showing up, and then a bunch of ATV people show up with guns and shit, and the cops just stop their cars and say, hey, and then back up off the street and then leave. And that's one of the scenes. Like, it's it, it, it's dumb. 
What would actually happen in that case, though? Oh, if I was the police officer, uh, shit would have gone real. No, 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 not you. Would they come back with SWAT? Like, what would they do? I mean, okay. In my, and this is just me. You're not a police officer. I'm not a police officer. But if I was a police officer and that happened and there is a serious case where somebody was saying that there's a dead child up here somewhere and this is the place that he went to, here's the address... And I show up in a bunch of armed men on dirt bikes. Child, he, he wasn't a child, though, but okay. To the mom and dad, he was a child. Yes. So, if I rolled up to do an investigation, I get appointed by a bar, get stopped by a bunch of guys on ATVs and dirt bikes with guns and shotguns and shit like that, I'm a county employee. Want to know what the fuck I'm going to do? I'm gonna leave. Go, yeah, I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to the county office and be like... We need SWAT. We need the four helicopters that taxpayers are paying for that aren't doing fucking shit. <laughs> I need the AR-15s that our government's probably going to be taking away here in the next three months anyways. Amen. And I'm going to need 18,000 dogs, and we're all going to need to be out there about, fuck, let's say, you know, 2 a.m. That way they're probably going to be asleep because they're a bunch of fucking stoners. And then we'll go around and just collect everybody. And sit them down in the middle of the road and we'll fucking do this investigation at 3 o'clock in the morning. How's that sound, guys? I mean, you're a county fucking officer. There's so many goddamn resources. I don't give a fuck. We already paid for it 3,000 times in our taxes. Use it, bitch. The only thing you got wrong is the AR-15s are not going to be taken away from the police officers. They're going to be taken away from us. Well, if I was a police officer, I obviously have these guns in stock. I'm not going to buy one for my recreational no, use. No, I know, but you said, like, they're going to take them away from Any us anyways. Any fucking ways. You are too <laughs> fucking literal right now. Jesus Christ. I can't help it. It's my nature. Okay. It's, okay, yeah. <laughs> anyways, that's my case. No, I'm kidding. Stop. Stop. You don't like it? He's so mad. I don't want to be fucked with right now. I'm trying to read my fucking case and you're fucking with me. Down, Tiger. Okay. So, as of 2018, there has been no arrests or formal charges for the death of Garrett Rodriguez. And as of January 2018... There were 35 people on the California Attorney General's database of missing persons from uh, Humboldt County, making it the county with the highest rate of missing persons reported in the state of California. That's fucking scary. Yes. This alarming number of disappearances recently gained national attention when Becca Martinez from The Bachelor... Was reported missing in November of 2017. After Martinez told her mother she was going to work on a marijuana farm in Humboldt County. News of her disappearance was included in the North Coast Journal journal article titled The Humboldt 35. Crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, talking about... Wait, wait, wait. You forgot important detail. What? And though it turned out that Martinez was fine, plenty of others still were not? Yeah, you still say she turned out fine. That's one good thing. That's one good thing. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) My bad. Anyways, talking about the Alder 8, it was actually... I didn't really go into it because I didn't want to step 
on Garrett's case, nor did I really want to make my case super fucking long because it literally would have been like two hours because the Alder 8 is super crazy. And I was actually going to talk to Bree about doing uh, st- like a episode about vigilantes or yes, communities yes, yes, getting yes, justice yes, 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 yes. so I could cover this case. But just a brief recap, it was eight men that were part of the community where Garrett was found. They all obviously knew who did the crime and where Garrett was working because it was the only really big known marijuana grow in the area. So the guy that actually put together everything, I'm not going to say names because like I said, I'm going to try and do this story myself. Went, he was a big boy and he went ape shit crazy and he pretty much had a had followers like everybody loved this dude he was a really good guy he was pretty much the dude that would take his shirt and jacket off in the middle of a fucking rainstorm and give it he to you jacket off oh my god you take his jacket off oh in the middle of a rainstorm and that give it makes to you way more sense okay and um he he pretty much got all these guys together they drove up to the house held this person at gunpoint and pretty much told them, like, hey, if you don't tell us, we will drag you. Like, we're not going to kill you, obviously, because if we kill you, you're not going to tell us anything. But we will drag you out into the middle of this field, fuck you up, until you scream and tell us where it's at. And then we'll kill you. So, I hope you could do a case on the Alder Point 8 because it's actually really fucking good. And it really, really was hard for me not to throw names into this Garrett case and not pretty much jump over to the other eight case but it's it's a case in its own like with garrett i was just showing you you know that a lot of kids from california really they all love to go to humboldt i mean i've been a stoner since fucking eighth grade and every year i'm like i'm going to humboldt i'm going to fucking humboldt i'm going to go to college in humboldt yeah i'm a stoner it's not gonna fucking happen are you kidding me I get $40. I'm like, oh, sweet, 25 on weed. I'm going to go spend the rest on food. Yeah, I never make it to Humboldt at all. But I'm 27. I'm still saying that. I'm in Grass Valley. I'm literally like a hop, skip, and a jump away from Humboldt. Grass Valley. Yep. So that's my case about Garrett. We love you, Garrett. We're sorry. And I really liked your truck because I had one myself. Aw, that poor kid. He was so young, and all he wanted he to do was to go like trim some weed or like tend to some plants and the fucked up part was he got in touch with this guy and he's like yeah you know i'll throw down you know six thousand dollars is what he had from and the guy told him you know we'll make twenty thousand we'll make ten thousand in a year and i'll cut you in on ten thousand garrett was trying to get out and he pretty much was very stern on hey you know i need my money back i need that 10 grand that we agreed upon dude said no dude said no and then garrett got pissed off and was like you know what you stole from me so i'm gonna we're gonna handle this the correct way so got that's killed. what happened and that's why i didn't want to like touch on any of that because that all gets discussed in the alder eight still you can go in depth i mean what do you guys think you want to hear a vigilante justice episode i think we're going to do that next anyways because i really want to do all their eight and my notes are already done well, and she I, doesn't have to bitch at me not having my notes done i guess it's decided for you guys yep <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen it is and please listen or watch the netflix series murder mountain i mean it, it i thought it was really good to where Actually, she's probably going to be mad at me, but I think one day I called in sick from work so I could just specifically watch the last two episodes of that. 
I don't give a fuck. It wasn't from the job we're on now. No. No. This is another ACRT. <laughs> <laughs> Do so, the same shit. Just Wade Easler, if you're listening, yeah, I definitely called in sick twice and uh, pff, was not twice? sick. Twice? No, I'm kidding. It was once. He's not kidding. I mean, I called in sick plenty of times there, but it wasn't twice for this show. Oh, my God. What? Do you know how many people call in sick that aren't sick? Every fucking buddy. I mean, one out of five people probably are really sick. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm doing it wrong. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. But that's the, that's the hard part, because when you really are sick... Then you don't know what the fuck to say because you're like, well, shit, I had explosive diarrhea last week. Oh, my God. I was like, I don't think That's any. That's his go-to. I don't explosive think anybody. diarrhea. I well, what the it fuck? It shuts people down. They're like, okay, I'm done talking about that. Now, I don't have the balls to say that. I don't want yeah. people to imagine me shitting profusely. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing. A lot of people call or text in. I call in. And I call in straight up to him, like, hey, dude, I cannot make it, it in. I'll flush the toilet, like, I got explosive diarrhea, like, I'm not going to be able to make it in. But I also work construction, so if I was in an office job, I don't really think that one would work, because they'd be like, dude, your desk is, like, right across the street from the toilet. Just go to the toilet. Then that, I had to be like, well, I you have... You realize that you called in sick today and said that you were shitting your guts out, but you were actually shitting your guts out, right? Yeah. So that looks bit... so bad. How does that look bad? How does that look bad? It works, obviously. Oh, my God. Okay. Well. Anyways. Good night. Bye. No, not bye yet. Please. Why? Uh, they obviously don't listen this far ahead, so social media doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it does. Barely. <laughs> thank you for reporting us, whoever did, because at least somebody cares. So, fuck you, and thank you at they the same time. They reported us? I mean, that's why we can't post more than, like, new episode out now on Facebook without it getting taken down. Oh, uh, somebody reported us. There's bullshit in our name, and we talk about murder, and people are really fucking upset about it. So, <laughs> still follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And I bet you those people are in Megan's Law. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, people. <laughs> Fight me. I'm 6'5". Fight me through the microphone. Yeah. So, we're still on Facebook and Instagram, still posting. We just have to be more cheesy with what we post because we keep getting shit fucking removed and our account taken down. Um, we have four reviews on iTunes, which I'm super excited about, but I can't read any of them. So, if any of you guys did that, I love you and I wish I could read the kind words that you said because they were all like five-star reviews. So, you fucking rock. If we could get some more comments, that would be great. If any of my friends have an iPhone that can go on and look at the reviews and send them to me, that'd also be great. I have a fucking Galaxy. And our Gmail is booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. Send us some crazy shit. K, motherfucking, bye. Bye.